Good morning, Southern Remedy listeners. This is Healthy and Fit, and I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, we continue our tribute to National Nutrition Month by tackling the topic of sports nutrition. Today's guests are Julie Gregney from the University Wellness Centers and Kelly White, sports dietitian from Mississippi State University. We want to answer your questions about nutrition's role in fitness and how to improve your athletic performance. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The head of the FBI confirms that in late July, the Bureau began investigating Russian efforts to interfere in the U.S. election. Director James Comey also confirms that the FBI is looking at possible links between Russia and the Trump campaign. NPR's Tamara Keith reports this was revealed in the House Intelligence Committee hearing into Russian election meddling. It is FBI policy not to comment on ongoing investigations, but the Bureau's director, James Comey, said the Justice Department had authorized him to confirm that the FBI is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. That includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. Comey added that although this is a counterintelligence investigation, it will also include an assessment of whether any crimes were committed. Tamara Keith, NPR News, Washington. The FBI is on the record saying that it has found nothing to support President Trump's tweeted claims that former President Obama wiretapped Trump Tower before the election. And Director James Comey testifies that he was told by the Justice Department that DOJ and all of its components had no information to back Trump's claims. Last week, Trump had said that he heard the wiretapping allegation on Fox News. North Korea test tested a rocket engine over the weekend that its leader is calling a breakthrough for the country's space program. But South Korea says it shows progress in developing a rocket that could hit the United States. NPR's Elise Hu reports Seoul cautions more analysis is needed. North Korean state media said Sunday its new engine would be for an intercontinental ballistic missile. The news came just as U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson wrapped up a six-day tour through Japan, South Korea, and China. South Korea's defense ministry stopped short Monday of saying whether the engine could be used for so-called ICBMs. Instead, it said further analysis is needed on the engine's thrust and possible uses. Meanwhile, U.S. President Donald Trump told reporters he held meetings on North Korea while at his private Florida resort over the weekend. He said only that Kim Jong-un was, quote, acting very, very badly. Elise Hugh, NPR News, Seoul. People are apparently extraordinarily happy in Norway. The Scandinavian country has the number one spot on the annual World Happiness Report out of a list of 155 nations. And so it was a happy start to the day of Norway's foreign minister. He tweeted about it, noting the report calls on nations to build social trust and equality. It's not like Norway doesn't have its share of problems. The price of oil, a vital part of Norway's economy, has plunged. You're listening to NPR News. 
The suspect involved in an attack in Paris that prompted the evacuation of an airport has been killed. French authorities say it all started when the man tried to grab a soldier's weapon at the airport over the weekend. They say he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Here's NPR's Elnor Beardsley. 39-year-old Zied Ben Belkassem said he wanted to die for Allah when he grabbed the soldier's weapon. He had served time for armed robbery and drug dealing, and there were rumors that he had radicalized in prison, but Ben Belkassem was not on a watch list for suspected radicals. Speaking on French radio, his clearly shocked father said his son never prayed and was not a religious extremist. That's NPR's Eleanor Beardsley. Italy is undergoing a day of travel chaos. Christopher Livesey reports that a wave of transport strikes has stranded commuters and tourists just as the busy season gets underway. Cancelled. That's the dreaded word flashing on airport monitors across Italy. Alitalia says it had to call off 40% of the day's domestic and international flights as air traffic controllers and air transport workers protested. They're facing over 2,000 job cuts nationwide. The travel turmoil is expected to continue later in the week, this time on the roads, as Italian taxi drivers launch a strike that could last through the weekend. That would be disastrous in Rome which is already bracing for gridlock on Saturday when it hosts European leaders for a summit marking the 60th anniversary of the EU. For NPR News, I'm Christopher Livesey in Rome. The Dow is up 26 points at 20,940. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Progressive Insurance, offering Snapshot, a device that adjusts insurance rates based on safe driving habits. Now that's progressive. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And we are continuing our journey um, through uh, National Nutrition Month during the month of March. March. And uh, it's one of my favorite topics. And I have two very special guests here with me today to help me answer your questions about sports nutrition and fitness and training for athletic events. I've got uh, Julie Gregney here from University Wellness Centers. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. I'm so happy to have you here. And I also have Kelly White, who is a sports dietitian at Mississippi State University, who's joining us from Starkville. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. How are you? Great. Good. I'm enjoying this good weather. Yes, it is beautiful outside, and yep. I, I very much want to spend some more time outside today. So we will uh, we will be doing that this afternoon and enjoying this beautiful weather and getting in some good physical activity. But thank. Thank you both for joining me today. And uh, listeners, we want to answer your questions about how um, you can get started on a fitness regimen, how if you're already active and you want to train for an event, let's say you've always wanted to do a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon or goodness gracious, a whole marathon, how you get started with that um, on that journey and also how nutrition plays a role in your athletic performance. 
And as always, I kind of want to get to know my guests and I want our listeners to know our guests and hear what what they do every day. So, Julie, tell me a little bit about what you do at the wellness centers. All right. Well, I just started a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll be working out of the Madison Center. We'll be working with a program called Next Steps. So it'll be people coming from cardiac rehab, pulmonary rehab, over to the gym, um, help them kind of get started with exercise, help them see some improvements and set them up for an exercise program that they can do on their own. And we've featured Next Steps on this program several times, and that's really a great program um, that we have available um, here in the Jackson area through our um, wellness centers that are part of uh, UMC, where the uh, physician or healthcare provider can actually write you a prescription for um, a fitness program, um, one of eight different pathways that focus on different things like weight management, diabetes, cardiac rehab, um, or just there's even a mental health pathway as well to kind of work on uh, emotional well-being so it's a great program and we're I'm glad to have you here joining the wellness team um, for that because it really is a a neat um, idea to be able to integrate that uh, medically uh, fitness into the medical treatment plan and Kelly tell us a little bit about what you do um, over in Starkville so I am the um, sports dietitian for the athletic department I um, have a you know variety of roles here I um oversee all of our fueling stations, which we have for all of our Olympic sports and um, football and men and women's basketball. So we have three different fueling stations that we have for each, for those sports. So we order all those products and ensure that student athletes know, you know, what, what snacks are appropriate to eat when. So there's pre-workout snacks, post-workout snacks, and some smaller, you know, snack slash meal replacement type items. Um, and then I do um, individual counseling with all sports based on, you know, what their individual goals are, whether it's weight gain or loss. And typically it's lean muscle mass gain. We try to make sure it's the right type of body composition. So we will do bod pod assessments or DEXA scans to ensure that they know, you know, that they are gaining the right amount of the right weight, the right type of weight. They know that they're building strength and things like that. Then I also work with our, um, Aramark is our um, dining dining, um, contract group that we use. So I work with their um, their chefs in helping with planning all the meals for our um, cafeteria and all the catered events that we have over at football during season. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, different things that we do throughout the year. You are a busy lady. For sure. There's only one of me. <laughs> a graduate assistant. So it's, it's a little... A lot. I have, you know, friends that are like, "Can you do this?" And I'm like, "Nope, I really can't." Nope, can't help you. <laughs> so, tell me briefly, what is the difference? What what is what a sports dietitian? What's the difference in in sports dietetics and just say a regular registered dietitian? So, the 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 some of the differences as far as just maybe credentials. Let's just say, um, you like I have a certified um, certificate in sports nutrition, which it requires. I believe 1,500 hours after you be, after you become a dietitian to complete your internship and things like that, um, that you have to have experience in the field of sports nutrition, working with athletes or counseling active individuals. Um, and you, once you have those 15 hours, 1,500 hours accumulated, you take a comprehensive exam that certifies you for five years to be a board-certified sports dietitian. Um, then you recertify every five years and take this the comprehensive national test again. So there's there's that and then you know you are um it's a little bit different as far as just you know what you're recommending for fueling you're fueling you know 
before an event or exercise, you're feeling during, you're feeling after, you're working a lot more with higher sodium beverages than you or or food items than you might actually work with 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 a, maybe a regular population. So sometimes you're actually recommending more sodium to right. replace sweat loss and things like that. You're working a lot more with hydration, um, probably a little more with body composition than you might with maybe just you know a general nutrition type 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 dietitian. So there's you know there's a different role I guess, and you're working with you know maybe. Especially with my role, I guess I work more with college students, so it's just maybe a younger population um, than maybe most dietitians probably do. Right. Well, that, I mean, it's so interesting that there's a whole separate field, and, and you can tell just by listening to you that, that it really is a very specialized um track of work that you're doing and so uh, listeners that are out there and they're kind of wanting to pick a a sports dietitian's brain now is the perfect time to do that because we have one of the experts here um, to answer your questions about that uh, type of nutrition I love how you call it fueling because that's really what what food is for us we're fueling our bodies to do things and it just depends on what we're asking them to do as to what we need and so we would love to talk with you today about those questions you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Now, as always, I post on my social media on Monday mornings with our topic and uh, get questions that way. And I today was no different. I got lots of questions. Um, for you guys today. And the first one will actually go um, to Julie. I had a question about what age you should start tre- strength training with kids or if you should start strength training with kids. Okay. Um, I think some sort of strength training is important as you grow because you want your muscles and bones to develop strong. Um, you want to hold off on any sort of heavy lifting until you are past that developmental stage. Um, You don't want to risk any injuries. Um, You definitely want to work on light weights so that it can kind of aid in the developmental process. But I would definitely kind of save that until a little bit later when they're growing up. Right. So when we're talking about strength training, we're talking about muscle building and bone building. Mm -hmm. And um, folks may not realize the way you build bone is by putting weight on it by you know doing um weight bearing exercises and just by walking around that's a weight bearing exercise Mm -hmm. so it's not that you have to you know fill your pockets up with pennies and walk around to to try and get extra weight that way um but it is an important part of childhood um fitness so of course the majority of the time we want them running around and playing and having that aerobic activity yes um and that you know for adults it's 30 minutes five days of the week Right. For kids, it's, it's about an hour. An hour every single day. Right. Which is why you see um, the targeted marketing like NFL Play 60, trying mm-hmm. to encourage kids to play for 60 minutes every day. And so that, you know, we want them doing that every day. But about two or three days of the week, we want them working on muscles and bones. Definitely. And like you said, we're not asking them to, to bench anything or curl or anything, do right. any flies or anything like that. It body can be weight. their own. It can be their own body weight. Um, it can be showing them how to do um, a modified push up mm-hmm. or lunges or something like that that uses their own body weight to help build right. that muscle. Um, what I tell parents when they bring their kids in you know, for their wellness exams and are asking me questions about that is really right now it's more about form. It's not about 
the amount of weight that they're lifting. Yeah. You know, we want to teach them how how you do a sit up the right way, mm-hmm. how you do a push up the right way, how you do a curl the right way, so that when they get older and they start to add weights into that they're doing it correctly and they don't harm themselves right you're setting them up for success in the future and kids are much easier to teach than grown-ups it <laughs> this is, is true it's much easier to teach them how to do something when they are little they're little sponges than it is to um, correct bad form later on i definitely agree with that so um, that was a great question that we got this morning and i hope that um, answered uh, some of that and if you go um, to southern remedy um our webpage at mpbonline.org and you go to the fitness prescription you can look at the childhood fitness prescription there and there are examples of muscle and bone strengthening exercises um, based on age group there for you that you can look at and they're free and printable that you can have so uh, my next question actually is for um, Kelly Kelly um, I had a question this morning from a Facebooker who asked um, should you drink a certain amount of water before, during, and after a workout? Um, that's going to depend on how long the workout is. Typically, um, you know, hydration may not be a huge factor if it's less than 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, if it's more than that, then you would want to pay attention to hydrating during your workout. Um, so before a workout, you you would want to drink um probably depends on your weight so there are different recommendations based on how much you weigh but i would probably say you know an hour or two before a workout you would drink maybe 16 to 20 ounces of it could be some water it could be some you know uh, maybe like propeller gatorade type drink that has some electrolytes in it and then during your workout if it's over 45 minutes long you would want to drink maybe every you know a sip every which will say every gold is an ounce so you'd want to drink maybe four four gulps every 15 to 20 minutes during your actual workout. And then after your workout, basically when you weigh yourself, you know, every pound is about 16 ounces. So every pound you lose during exercise, you would want to replace the weight that you lost with fluid. And it, again, it needs to be water or it could be, you know, some form of electrolyte beverage, whether it's Propel or Gatorade or something like that to replace the electrolytes that you lost in the sweat. And I love how you talk about taking gulps kind of during the workout and not just downing a whole drink in the middle of your workout because, right. you, know, you know, I'm a, a, a dancer and if I drink a whole bottle of water or Gatorade while I'm exercising, it is going to slosh around in my stomach and it's actually going to make me nauseous and I'm yeah. actually going to not perform as well as I should. But, right. you're, you know, you're not trying to drink a gallon of water you're just trying to kind of i just wet my mouth i get a gulp swish it around and and swallow it about every 10 minutes or so is is what i do and um so i have a kind of a piggyback question onto that that came from a mom who was wanting to know about kids and these electrolyte drinks so i know you mentioned you know gatorade propel you know powerade any of those um, types of electrolyte uh, beverages there are regular ones and there are the sugar-free options who should go for for which one of those um the the sugar-free options i mean i don't I wouldn't say maybe one or one of those a day is fine, but I mean, I wouldn't probably use those like during a workout. Maybe if that was um, with a snack, do you mean like Capri Sun or do you mean like, like the, no, like the, like like the G2 or the Powerade Zero, um, you know, that are the sugar-free sports electrolyte drinks. So what I would recommend is 
during exercise, when you know your child is is moving around a lot and they need the energy, go for the regular Gatorade. This is what I do with my kids too. Um, if it's you know, and even maybe even pre or post anything surrounding exercise, go for the G two. I mean, I'm sorry, go for the Gatorade. But again, it needs to be an, a sport or exercise that they're doing that's a little bit longer than you know 30 or 45 minutes. If it's less than that. You know, I think you're okay to do Propel and G2, things that are not going to provide that extra sugar type, you know, calories that they probably don't need. Um, so that's what I will do. And if it's like throughout the day or something like that, and my, my kids want some Propel or G2, I'll let them have it. But again, if they're not exercising or sweating, you know, for an extended amount of time, I, I, I really do limit how much of the extra higher sodium drinks I give them throughout the day. So, you know, I might let them have, you know, an eight ounce amount, but everything else would typically be, you know, water or milk or something like that. I do as well. You know, typically my cutoff is kind of eight years of age. You know, if they're under eight, I usually don't think they need any kind of sports drink. You know, they're not, they shouldn't be exercising to an extent where they're losing that much electrolyte that they would need, you know, a kind of a replacement solution for that. Right. Um, so usually water is, is fine for that. As they get a little older and they start to get into, you know, competitive sports where they're, you know, practicing for hours and hours and playing, you know, back-to-back games, then, yeah, they probably need a little something um, in there. But like you said, if it's going to be less than, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, water's probably just fine um, for exactly. hydration for that age. Yes. And I know that my kids probably don't continuously run or no. do anything for that. No. That extended amount of time to even be that con- too concerned about it. Yeah, my, I have an eight-year-old. He's never had a Gatorade. He begs me every day, but I don't let him have it. We would love to talk with you guys more about um, sports nutrition and how it can improve your athletic performance. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And we'll be back after the break. Cuts have hit MPB and more are coming, but don't worry. MPB Think Radio will always be here for you, but we need your help. Friday, one day, one drive is back. And by the end of the day, Friday, we need you to help us raise $125,000 to offset the cuts to our budget. Visit mpbonline.org for ways you can donate. And remember, one day, one drive, $125,000. Help us keep our promise to always be here for you. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. 
To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, and I have two very special guests here with me today, Julie Gregney from University Wellness Centers and Kelly White from Mississippi State University. And we are continuing our journey through National Nutrition Month with the topic of sports nutrition and how nutrition plays a role in athletic performance um, and overall health. And we would love to, to talk with you today about anything uh, related to sports nutrition or general nutrition or fitness, um, or hear your kind of success stories or your comments related to any of those topics. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And I did get an email this morning that asked me, about, and I get this question all the time. I get, you know, students in my fitness class ask me this question. Patients ask me this question. I get asked, is it better to eat before or after a workout? Julie, from a training perspective, what what do trainers recommend? Um, I kind of always recommend you want to eat something to give you some energy, but you want to eat it far enough in advance to where it's already kind of begun to break down in your body because once you start exercising, all of your um, body processes kind of focus on what you need blood for for those exercises. So you kind of stop working with the digestive part. Um, generally, I try to eat about a half hour to an hour before, and then I try to eat something within the next hour after. And Kelly, what would you recommend as that kind of pre-workout snack? So the pre-workout snack, like she said, you know, if it's 30 minutes to an hour before your workout, it should be almost 100% carbohydrates, which um, carbohydrates digest the fastest in your body. So that, like she said, when you want to use the blood to your muscles to exercise, the carbohydrate portion has already, you know, begun to be digested. It also should be some simple carbohydrates because they also digest faster than complex because there's not any really added fiber or anything else to delay the digestion pro- digestive process. So um, we will, you know, say maybe um, half of a bagel, toast, a banana, um, could be like a Nutri-Grain type bar, could be a, just a basic granola bar, could be, you know, things like, I'm trying to think, maybe plain cereal, something that's not going to really upset your stomach too much. And then if you wanted to eat, let's say you were exercising, um, like at say it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you had time to eat breakfast, if it was a bigger breakfast, it would need to be eaten at least two hours before you actually exercise. So if you did have some extra protein or a little bit of fat in that meal, it would have time to digest before you work out. And then after you work out, you want to try at least 30 minutes after you work out or earlier to get some simple carbohydrates and some protein um, in your system so you can you know rebuild the muscle that you, you know, just worked out, replenish the carbohydrates, you can store that back in your muscles for the next time you want to exercise. So that might be yogurt, that could be a smoothie, that could be cereal with milk. Um, One thing we have around here all the time is chocolate milk. We have, you know, Gatorade recovery type shakes that have some of the whey protein in them and that's going to be digested faster, faster type digested protein. So um, anything like that. It could even be just milk and a banana. Right. Something simple like that. And I'm glad you mentioned chocolate milk. That's if 
you're a regular listener of this show, you know that that's kind of what I pitch as the post-workout um, snack that I always have. I kind of keep them in my in my gym bag, the little individual cartons. And I think it's great because it's just a perfect little single shot of protein and carbohydrate uh, together uh, that you know, it's kind of portion controlled already. So um, usually a serving size, no more than eight ounces. You don't want to guzzle the whole half gallon of chocolate milk because that will defeat what you just did uh, in, exactly. in, in the workout room when you do that. So I think sometimes people think when we say that they need to eat something before or eat something after they're picturing these large amounts of food and that's just not the case you don't want to sit down to the grand slam breakfast right before you go hit the (laughs) gym because you will get sick uh, or cramp and you don't you know you don't have to uh, swing by one of the um, brunch places and have a, a a pancake bacon feast after your workout. <laughs> I teach on Saturday mornings and I can hear people say, all right, well, I'm, I'm done with my workout. So I, we're going to this restaurant and I know what they're going to get because they talk about the pancakes. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, okay, they're going to be delicious. But, you know, you really got to watch what you're putting in because um, you want to maximize that workout and you don't want to waste all the, the calories that you burn by eating them all right back. Exactly. So um, you mentioned you know, chocolate milk. You mentioned um, some Gatorade recovery drinks there. What about I get asked all the time about protein powders and protein replacements. Um, do people need to be doing those? And if so, who needs to do that? You don't have to do that. You know, like I said, you can get protein through yogurt. You can get it through milk. Um, you can get it through even, you know, even just a regular protein bar type thing. Um Occasionally, you know, especially with college students, we have a fueling station. Let's just go with football. Um, as soon as they are done lifting, we they before they lift, they sign up for whatever smoothie they want. And it's based on whether they need to gain weight or they need to lose weight, whatever. But then, you know, we will put some whey protein powder in there just to get a little extra, just to make sure they're getting that smoothie, that quick drink. They're getting the simple carbohydrates and the, the protein powder. But their time is very limited. So... As soon as they're done with that, they're going somewhere else. So then I'm, I may recommend that for somebody like that. But if you have time um, and, you know, you don't necessarily like the protein powder, you do not have to. You don't have to do that. Most people get so much. They get plenty of protein throughout the day. You know, the key would be to get at least 10 to 20 grams after a workout, whether it's from yogurt or chocolate milk or, the cho- you know, regular milk, things like that. So you definitely do not have to do that. So the vast majority of us probably don't need to be um, chunking all that money at protein powders. No. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I agree. I, you know, I keep uh, I keep some protein powder with me in case I'm out and I don't have access to anything else. And I, you know, will throw it in some you know water and shake it up. It's not delicious. But, you know, it's the way way I roll sometimes. But yeah. um, there are much better ways to get it. I love you mentioned yogurt. And, um, you know, Greek yogurt in particular, I'm a huge fan of. It's got twice the protein. And really, you can turn plain Greek yogurt into a sweet treat or you can turn it into a a more savory treat, depending on what you mix it with. Um, You know, I'll mix, um, you know, peppers and onion and garlic and all and make a dip out of plain nonfat Greek yogurt for you know vegetables and, and that kind of stuff. But you could also throw some peanut butter in it and a little bit of honey and then now you've got a fruit 
a fruit dip. So it's yep. very, very, very versatile. Um, and so you can open my fridge and always find tons <laughs> of non-fat plain Greek yogurt in there. Uh, it looks like I'm storing up for the, the yogurt apocalypse or something. But it's just a really great... Um, blank canvas for um, adding uh, your own flavors in there. Yep, exactly. And we would love to answer your question. Ma'am? We have a lot of Greek yogurt in our fueling stations. Yeah. So tell me about these fueling stations, because that sounds very interesting. And and I know we have fans of Mississippi State football out there who are wondering what these athletes eat and drink on a daily basis. Well, and if you go to our Instagram page or Twitter page, um, Hail State Fuel, the Twitter page has probably a lot, a few more extra posts on it right now. You can see what the football fueling station looks like. Um, so basically, it is a, um, it, we call it incidental to practice. So if athletes are coming to, to lift, to go to meetings to practice, they are able to go into our fueling stations that have, you know, all the foods that we've talked about, pre-workout bars, pre-workout snacks, smaller meal replacements like sandwiches, Greek yogurt, fruit cups. Um, we have turkey and, you know, turkey sandwiches in there. We make smoothies for them after their, you know, lifting groups and after practice. Um, so we have, you know, things that they're able to get when they're at the facility to, to ensure that they are eating a snack before they work out, that they are recovering after a workout. And we also have, um, you know, Gatorade gummies with the electrolytes in them so that, you know, if they needed something during their workout or during practice or even pretzels or goldfish crackers that are really easy to digest, we'll have those, you know, also available for them. And that goes with every sport, too. Our um, Olympic sports fueling station looks a little bit different, but it has the same food products in there, too. And so the Olympic fueling station, is that more track and field type? Yes. So we have, you know, track and field. And I shouldn't say necessarily Olympic sports. That's just kind of what we call it. But (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why we exactly, but... Um, really, it, it it really includes volleyball, soccer, baseball, softball. Um, who else am I missing? Tennis. All they all go in there. Okay, very so. cool. So yeah. check out that Instagram and Twitter account so you can see what your favorite college athletes are munching on as they um, get ready to take the field. Yep. And I want to uh, turn a little bit to Julie and ask a question about um, kind of these posts that I see of people wanting to get just completely ripped up. You know, they just, they want these amazing abs. And I don't know that that's necessarily attainable for most people because the work you have to put in to get that is pretty intense, right? It's not just hitting the gym a couple times a week. Right, it is. Um, I actually have some good experience in that. I've done a couple of bikini competitions and the training for those is intense. It's Um, emotionally draining. It's about three to four months of just very plain eating, um, very basic. It's a lot of foods you're deprived of um, to bring that body weight down. And especially for women, it's not really healthy to be at that body weight. Like you, um, just the emotional standpoint from it alone, like I've just broken down crying before and that's not a healthy option. Um, So those women or men wanting to just have that insane body all the time it's not healthy they're missing nutrients they're missing um key aspects to just living their life i think um so it's better in my mind to just have that range to eat from um just focus on the healthy aspect 
So I was at the movies this past weekend watching The Wolverine. And, um, you know, he, Hugh Jackman, bless him, he is um, completely ripped up and mm-hmm. looks amazing. But you know that that, I mean, that's his job. Right. That's, that's his also job. like, he's not sitting at a desk for a couple um, what nine to five every day he literally is on screen or working out or it's just not that's not an ideal lifestyle for everyone I can't just be like well I'm just going to spend the day working out and meal prepping and not go to my job <laughs> right you know I see I subscribe to several fitness magazines and I'll you know every time one of these superhero movies comes out mm-hmm. you'll see you know you know, look inside for so-and-so's um, workout, diet, plan. workout plan. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at it, it's it's staggering. And you realize why they get paid right. what they get paid mm-hmm. because that is their job. They are like, When can you fit that into your time? and working out all the time. Mm-hmm. And so the vast majority of us can't spend, you know, four or five hours a day in a gym and yeah. eat that number of calories that they eat um, to, to build that kind of muscle. Nor should you really want to. That's just grueling. Who wants to spend all day in a gym? Right. I mean, so, I work in one, but I mean, actually doing the exercise part just breaks down right, your body. Right. And so, you know, if you have somebody who, you know, really that's their goal is they want to get a little bit more defined mm-hmm. and they want to get, you know, they want to have that pretty stomach, mm-hmm. those abs. Yeah. You know, um, what's the training going to look like to, to do that? Um, people kind of get it wrong all the time. They think, um, just lots of cardio is going to bring all that down. And I look at cardio as more of a heart health standpoint for just the normal human being. Um, I think the weightlifting or the high intensity interval type things, that's really where you see the muscle building and the fat and, uh, muscle transfer. Um, so they kind of need to learn a little bit about their body. I know that my workouts are different from someone else's workouts with the same height and weight just because our bodies react differently to them. Um, so it's kind of a learning process. Um, I'm not really sure what else. Uh. Yeah, that's fine. It's um, it, just like you said, it's it's all depending on your body type to start with mm-hmm. and what your overall goals are. But I think it's important, you know, when we look at um, guidelines and mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier guidelines for adults for uh, fitness, it's 30 minutes a day, five days a week of aerobic activity. And that is just to be healthy. That's just to have good good heart health, Mm -hmm. not to, you know, you're not losing weight with that. That's just kind of good, basic health. Everyday life. So, you know, kudos if you're up or you're walking, you're getting your 30 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to equate to, you know, a Hugh Jackman um, (laughs) tummy. Right. It's just not what's going to get you there. Uh, And that's okay. It is. And a lot of the problem as well, um, people will do too much and then they get injured or they get tired or they don't want to continue and it makes them kind of be like, well, this isn't going to work. And we want to talk about that. We're going to talk about recovery after an injury and how nutrition plays a role in that. Uh, When we come back from the break, you're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio 
and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join me each Tuesday for Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Each week we explore issues that relate to you and your family, from mental obstacles to family interaction, from depression to handling life's disruptions, discovering things that make you happy, or how to get around things keeping you from your happiness. I want to hear what's going on in your life. Relatively Speaking, part of the Daily Southern Remedy series, tomorrow morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. Dr. Josie Bidwell here with my guest Julie Gretney from the University Wellness Centers and Kelly White, sports dietitian at Mississippi State University. And we are answering questions today about sports nutrition and fitness training. And before we went to the break, we were talking about what happens when an athlete becomes injured. What needs, you know, how do we keep them still healthy and still fit um, while rehabbing that injury? And first, I want to talk with you, Julie, about what you do from the the physical fitness standpoint of Mm -hmm. that after an injury. And then, Kelly, I want to talk to you about what you do nutrition-wise. Okay. Um, So if someone is injured from, um, for whatever the reason is, you have to kind of look at what caused the injury first. Was it I tripped and fell and sprained my ankle or was it I pulled a muscle in the gym. Um, If it's something you did from overtraining, then it is very discouraging to a lot of people. They kind of back off and say, maybe this isn't for me. And that's where we pull into the whole taking it slow type of thing. Um, I get a lot of people who want to start a workout program. Um, They want to jump into weightlifting or something, or they're ready to go and excited and they want all these things to happen. But um, you have to kind of pull them back a little bit and talk about how Maybe some like lighter weights and whatnot and some light cardio is what you need to do for the first couple of weeks. Get your body ready for that heavy conditioning and heavy workouts, especially if it is, like we were talking about earlier, really wanting that toned and defined body. Then it's kind of a slow and steady process. It's not going to happen overnight or even within a week or two. So, What if somebody is got a great established fitness program? They, you know, they work out. I have a lot of friends who do CrossFit mm-hmm. and they seem to always be... <laughs> beaten up when they come well, back CrossFit is kind of a, <laughs> its own beast because you're trying to do as many reps of an exercise within a certain amount of time so that's when you get tired and your form kind of loses and um, there's great risk for injury within doing something like that um, a lot of people in CrossFit they're surrounded by people who are trained in it and know what to do to help kind of prevent that but there's still such a great injury risk from that type of exercise and so let's say someone injures upper body mm-hmm. muscle doing that. There, You can still train and, and work out lower Correct. body, right? Yeah. While probably focusing on some strengthening and flexibility exercises for the 
um, upper body portion. That way, when it is a recovered injury, they're kind of ready to get back into some sort of heavier type of training. Because what I see is folks, you know, they're gung-ho and they're very excited about starting an exercise program. Mm -hmm. And they start and they may may do well and then they get hurt Mm -hmm. and then they just stop again and then you know it kind of slides all back down Mm -hmm. and they get very discouraged about starting again so you know if you're listening and you're wanting to start uh, a fitness program I really encourage you to find a trainer that can help build a program that you know works for your body type and and the and kind of your current fitness level Mm -hmm. because you know it may be that you know I have a lot of patients who have not worked out in you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And so it may be just getting them to walk around the block a couple Mm -hmm. times is the right thing for them. And then they can progress to a little bit more structured fitness plan. But working that out with a trainer is really Mm going to be the best way to prevent that injury overall. Right. That's one of the things I really like about the wellness centers is um, when you come in new to the facility, we kind of walk through things with you. We kind of individualize a little bit the equipment for you so that they know where they should be starting. They know what weight to set things up to. Um, and then we talk about kind of progressing a little bit and they can come meet with us regularly if they'd like to kind of be like, hey, this doesn't feel like it's too easy now. What should right. I do? Kind of a thing. And just orient to the machines. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people walk in and they've never even seen some of this equipment no. before. You get on it backwards and upside right. down <laughs> and all different kinds of ways. And people are looking at you funny. Yeah. And I'm speaking I've by experience. Pretty, you know, I've gotten on things. funny and, things before. And people are like, no, sweetie, you're on you're that backwards. That yeah. You move around. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, because at least I'm there and right. I'm out and I'm trying. trying. So. But there is always, no matter what gym you're at, it doesn't have to be a wellness center. There is always someone there um, who can point you in the right direction as to what types of machines you should be using, the amount of weight you should be using. Yes. So you want to make sure that you, you consult whoever their exercise physiologist is on staff there mm-hmm. um, for that. Now, Kelly, what is your kind of view on uh, sports injuries and what's needed from a nutrition standpoint after an injury? I mean, well, the, the first thing is going to be depending on with our athletes is you know depending on what sport they are, it's very kind of specialized what their weight range should be. Um, is them understanding that you know they're not burning as many calories and making sure that they know you know they would need to take in less calories and maybe make sure that the protein that they're taking in is maybe a little bit higher. It doesn't need to be you know obviously overly excessive, but probably discuss more of just some of the protein type things they could maybe add a little bit more of to help with recovery. And like she said, it depends on what type of injury it is, whether it's a stress fracture or whether it's a ACL tear or things like that, what we would recommend. But, you know, a lot of the things that we will discuss is, you know, um, making sure that they're getting enough vitamin D and we do vitamin D testing on nearly all of our athletes to ensure that they're within the normal range to help their body absorb calcium to help maybe prevent some of the injury slash stress fractures that could occur. Um, with that, so we'll you know make sure their test and make sure their range is correct. And if it's not, we have a protocol that we have in place to make sure that they um, are taking the right amount of vitamin D. Um, we encourage you know this sounds very basic, but you know obviously fruits and vegetables, which are going to help with any anti or anti-inflammatory type foods that offer a variety of nutrients. And then we also um, talk about increasing omega-3 fatty acids and just healthier fats to help fight some inflammation as well and we discussed some of those types of food like fatty fish um and so maybe fish oil supplements occasionally we'll we'll kind of talk about stuff like that too 
So a lot of it's just good basic nutrition. Um, you may yep. just need to add more or take away uh, some in different areas, depending on the type of injury and how long you're going to be down for. Um, what I took away from that, what I like to hear is make sure that you adjust your intake if you're not training um, at that level. You know, I uh, am a big fan of, you know, journaling my food. You know, I keep track of what I eat so that, you know, I know how many calories I have left to spend in the day. But my calorie goal is set based on my fitness level and how much I'm going to work out. Um, at any given time. And so if I hurt myself or I go in for surgery or, you know, I go on vacation like I did last week, I don't need to, I need to adjust my calories because I'm not working out like I was before. And so that really, if you're really training for an event, um, you need to work with a a dietitian to help learn how you would um, change the amount of calories and the breakdown of what you're eating um, to, to do that appropriately. Um, now, I do have a question about um, running and and training for running type events. Is there anything different in starting that? You know, my son, I have eight-year-old. I've talked about him a lot on this show before. Bless his sweet soul. He loves to run, and that's what he wants mommy to do. Mommy uh, does not like to run unless something is chasing me. <sighs> Or there is a cupcake at the finish line, and then I run toward those things. But that's what, what he loves to do. And so I have started to, to run with him. And, uh, you know, I hurt when I first started running, and I feel like you shouldn't hurt. So what are what are the best ways to kind of start um, training to, to run? He likes to run 5Ks, so that's what we've been doing together. Oh, that's really cool. Um I think a lot of kind of like interval things is if you're just starting out some walking, running or jogging um, and switching back and forth. I one of my favorites was walking for a minute and then jogging for a minute. And you do that for about 10 minutes or however long you can. You start out slow and you can kind of add into that and then you can switch into maybe two minutes of jogging and a minute of walking and um, just try to kind of go back and forth because you definitely don't want to jump into running three miles immediately. You're going to feel the impact from the ground on your knees, your feet, and your ankles. Um, I get really bad shin splints when I run. So stretching is also really important with starting any sort of exercise plan, especially the running. Right. Absolutely. I get get shin splints as well. And so good shoes were Mm -hmm. one of the things we had to go do. I said, okay, I'm running now. I need shoes that are made for You definitely want to be replacing them at appropriate times as well. Uh, You know, I, I... use dance shoes a lot and you want those to kind of wear out so that you move over the floor easier and you're able to twist and move and it's not quite the same thing as the running so new shoes and and make sure that they're fit properly we have great um, stores all throughout the state who can help you Mm -hmm. pick an Mm -hmm. athletic shoe that will work for you for that and then you mentioned stretching or you know kind of flexibility warm-up kind of stuff When's the best time to stretch? Because I know a lot of folks think it's at the beginning, right? Which is not. not. Yeah, Um, you definitely want to do your stretching at the end when your muscles are more warmed up. Um, Stretching with cold muscles, you have a great uh, chance for injury, uh, pulling a muscle, or just hurting. Um, I always suggest kind of like a movement prep type thing. So either just some slow walking, some arm swings, some um, like light body weight squats, just like five or ten. You just want to do about two minutes of just movement before you start going. 
And we'll come back from the break and talk about kind of a little bit more on flexibility and stretching and warming up and cooling down and answering your questions uh, related to nutrition as as they play into athletic training. You can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You work hard to offer a high-quality, unique product, and you need an audience that appreciates this. MPB listeners go out of their way to find diverse perspectives and award-winning news and programming. Make our audience your audience with an MPB underwriting credit. For more information, go to mpbonline.org. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guests, Julie Gregney from University of Wellness Centers and Kelly White, sports dietitian from Mississippi State University. And we've been talking today about nutrition during um, sports and training and how it needs to fit in uh, to your overall uh, wellness uh, package and profile. And we have a caller that we're going to go to from uh, Linda in Mobile. Good morning, Linda. My question is about carbohydrates. Okay. Um, examples of good carbohydrates, um, you know, the other, the meat, the vegetables, fruits, dairy, that's all very straightforward. But my understanding is that, the, you know, the complex carbohydrates give you energy that lasts longer. And I, I wanted some examples of those. I, it seems like a lot of them are end up being fattening. Right. I'm going to turn that to Kelly because she will be the expert. Yes. Yeah, so, um some of, this is true. Some of the complex carbohydrates can um, tend to be, um, you know, sometimes there are types of foods that we do tend to eat more of than we should. So, you know, for an example, it might be, you know, whole wheat pasta or it might be sweet potatoes or it might be even mashed potatoes type. Or you can think of more like whole grain type foods um, like maybe rice, for example. A lot of times um, we would, you know, obviously, we're going to recommend brown rice as much as we can. But the important thing to know is, you know, maybe one cup cooked is all that you need, which if you actually 
put that portion on a plate just to see what it looked like, you would realize that it's not as much as what a normal restaurant would serve you. So while it, you know, some of those things are good and they can keep you, um, they're the slower digesting type carbohydrates. It's really more about how much of it you eat um, to control the the part that we don't want, which is we don't want to gain weight from eating those types of foods. So carbohydrates tend to get a very bad rap, but really they are the food that you need to, you know, at least 50% of your, your food throughout the day should be from complex carbohydrates. If you're definitely, if you're exercising or you're an athlete that, that really does a lot of cardiovascular type exercise. And, you know, I'm just piggybacking on what you said. It's, it's all about the portion that you put on your plate. So, you know, when you're looking at grains and pastas, think about what you can do to extend the size, your serving size without adding more of that carbohydrate. So whole wheat pasta is great, but you're, you know, about a half a cup is all you need of that, which is a grossly small serving size of pasta when you think about what we normally think of when you put pasta on your plate. So you got to right. mix it with other things. So, you know, can you add spinach or asparagus or some other kind of veggie in there that's going to extend the portion size um, without adding more of that carbohydrate in there? Um, yep. You mentioned brown rice. That's another great um, complex carbohydrate and it works great in stir fries, but instead of the way we do it we put our rice on the bottom of our plate and we fill the whole plate up with rice and then we put our stuff on top of it think about throwing your rice in with your veggies as they stir fry and that way when you serve yourself a a helping of it you've got just a little bit of rice scattered in through there Uh, some of my other favorite ones are oatmeal it's a great um, complex carbohydrate um, to do and you can uh, do overnight oats you can put them in the um in a jar in the fridge with some almond milk and some walnuts, a um, little bit of vanilla, a little bit of um, honey, and let them kind of sit overnight. And you've got kind of a ready packaged um, carbohydrate there as well. Whole wheat toast is another good one. Spread with a little bit of peanut butter. You've got a good little protein carb combination there yep. as well. So, Linda, I hope those were some um, helpful suggestions for you there. But, you know, carbs are not... Um, big, bad, and evil. You just have to make sure you're eating the right serving size of those. Yes. All right. And we uh, quickly want to get to an email that came in over the last break. Um, This is from Robbie. And Robbie is asking, what is our opinion on macronutrients the day that you train? Should I take in more carbs than fat on these days? So, Kelly, I'm going to turn that one to you. Now, again, it's going to depend on what type of training that you're doing. Is it just, are you lifting? Are you doing cardiovascular exercise? Things like that. Um, and, you know, there's a yes and no, I guess, to that. You know, a lot of times, if, if you if you were, you know, burning more calories throughout the day, like you said, if you keep up with a food journal or anything like that, it is probably helpful. You're probably going to end up eating more calories throughout the day. Um, you probably would end up eating a little bit more carbohydrates to help fuel you through your workouts. And the other important thing of that is making sure you space those out throughout the day and making sure you're having breakfast and a lunch and snacks in between so that you're not, you know, calorie backloading and eating, eating them all, you know, one time throughout the day either. Maybe you don't want to eat them all at night. So um, I would say, yes, I would try on most days to try to increase your carbohydrate um, 